Hi, Kyle. How are you doing, man? I'm well. How are you, man? Really good. I got a couple of kids home from school on a snow day up here in New York today. And oh. I'm actually home up from tour. Oh, snow day. We haven't had much of any of that so far in Louisville this year. It's been so weird. Well, last year we didn't have snow, like, I don't think at all. But So it's pretty fun. And especially when I, I got home from tour yesterday. And so my favorite is always when I get home and I'm actually here for a snow day. I think so far I've heard three songs from Graveyard Whistling, two that have been uh, officially released, and, and one of them live, too. So we've got Good With God, Jesus Loves You, and All Who Wonder, which arrived this morning. And I can't help but wonder, I mean, that this seems like a thread. There's a lyrical thread that, that goes through all of these that's a, a bit of a religious thing. Is that what to expect from the rest of the album? The religious thing is one angle of this thread. When I sat down and looked at this pile of songs, I realized that it wasn't so much a continuation of Most Messed Up, which was our most recent record. In a way, it was almost like a, a response to it. It was, it was like the, uh, the morning after. Really, it was, you know what it was? It was like the morning after one of those nights when you go out and you can't remember all the horrible things you did. And then the next morning, the calls and texts start flooding in telling you what you said and did and you just have to atone for it all. So there's there's definitely an element of atonement where most messed up was like um, a wheels off sort of, uh, I don't know, just um, like a night out on the town. This is the next morning. Yeah. So it's not as much of, I guess, a statement as I was starting to think it might have been. There is a lot. There's definitely a lot of... Um, I think that God... In, 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 God gets used, but I think that, that God and the concept of judgment is more of um, one of the tools that's used to sort of punish or, uh, you know, um, hold the narrator accountable for, for his transgressions. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the way you write, anyway, it's, it's always full of so much wit uh, that I think that's the fun thing about playing with it sort of as a puzzle. I mean, the songs are catchy to begin with, so you don't even have to do that. And you guys have been masters at that forever. But uh, it, it is sort of fun to get in there and, you know, mix it up with the lyrics and try to figure that stuff out. Uh, Thanks. I love it. I mean, obviously, I, th I think about it a lot. And I just spent the last few days out on the road with my buddy Evan Felker from the Turnpike Troubadours. Mm -hmm. And we did a sort of a song swap night in a few towns in the South. And um, and Evan was talking about in his catalog, he has these sort of recurring characters and themes and the sort of different universes that he drops in and out of. And I hadn't really thought about it, but I, I definitely play with some of that myself. You know, I have motifs that I'll return to. And, uh, and I definitely feel like there's a character that I've established over the years. And sometimes he gets away with it and sometimes he doesn't and i think <laughs> i think on on, the, on graveyard whistling he's sort of being held accountable for for a lot of the stuff he's done it, that that title by the way itself conjures up so many great images i mean the graveyard whistling it's it's not hard to see that where did, where did that come from thanks yeah we, you know we agonize about titles a lot it's it's so funny to me like i'll write i don't know 1200 1300 words whatever it is per record but then to come up with a two to three four-word phrase to sum it all up, way harder than the you know the massive words. Um, you know, Graveyard Whistling is from a song on the record. 
I never was good at talking. Graveyard whistling's more my thing. I got 96 tears and only one wedding ring. It's uh, it's a song called Irish Whiskey, Pretty Girls. And, um, you know, and the, and the narrator is, you know, again, sort of dealing with this concept of culpability. And, uh, and he's just whistling past the graveyard trying to pretend everything's cool. The uh, the single, the first single, I know it's being talked about a lot. It, it's I think it's one of your best singles yet. Good with God. Um, how did you come up with the concept of that one? And, and and especially, how did you end up tapping Brandy Carlisle to play the role? Um, we were on tour, and uh, we were in Salt Lake City. I remember, and we hadn't had a day off in a long time. And this thing happens where. And, and it's, I guess it's part of my, it's always been part of my job. Like people that do what I do, a lot of times we do it as a response to, um, uh, difficult input. Like maybe we had, maybe we're from a broken home, we had tough childhood, maybe we feel social anxiety, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, we kind of write as a response to, uh, tough things in, in our life. And so I remember on that day I was missing the family. I'd been gone for a long time. I was just feeling really, uh, just feeling a lot of anxiety. And so when I woke up that morning, that's this song was in my head, this idea where there was a character and he was kind of bragging that he could kind of get away with anything. You know, he was, uh, uh, and this is pre Trump too. This is just, <laughs> this is just a guy. And, um, cause everything and, changes. And so post, <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, it's all through the filter at least. Um, which is funny though, because it's definitely like the narrator on this. Well, I won't get into it, but but I think that a lot of the themes that I dealt with were a little bit prescient as far as stuff that's happened in our in our world, our country. Something. Um, the um, in the song, the the narrator in the first verse was really bragging that despite everything he'd done and all his transgressions that he was going to be fine and he was good with God and he was going to go to heaven. And it was no big deal. Um, and then as he got to the chorus in the song, and I always sort of make myself think of it as him, you know, third party, and because it, it makes it a lot easier to sing if I don't feel like I will be held accountable for what happens in these songs. Um, <laughs> so as he gets to the chorus, he just lets it slip that God is a woman. And it suddenly opened up this whole world to me of, uh, you know, like what? What does that mean? Does that mean that that God is more judgmental, or does that mean that that God is more forgiving? Um, so I just, I, I really loved like thinking of this whole kind of new world, and um, I wanted to write the rest of the song with God as a woman and, and how our guy, our, you know, the narrator would respond to that. But I didn't feel comfortable writing the part of God, a female God, just myself. I feel like there's enough um, instances in our culture of you know male writers writing female parts, where I, and uh, and, and just the, the the possibility for it ringing inauthentic. So I started thinking, who had I come across um, as a writer or a voice that I felt like could really play the part of God. And I remembered a moment where I did on a Johnny Cash tribute in Austin, and it was star-studded, and it was a really cool event. And I did my song and, and nailed it. It felt great about it. And, and um, Don was with the band leader, and he had set up a living room set up on stage with a bar and everything. 
And so when you finish your song, you get to just go hang out on stage in front of the audience, but you get to watch the rest of the performers. And so I walked, I walked over there and got a drink, and there was uh, Chris Christopherson, who's a hero, and I'd never met him. Introduced myself to him, had a moment talking to him that was really kind of amazing, and then stood next to him when Brandy Carlisle came on, and she did Folsom Prison, and it was so huge and moving and the way she owned this song and the way she owned that room of 3000 people. And, and, um, I remember halfway through it, uh, Chris, Christopherson and I looked at each other like, what is even happening? Who is this? And, um, and I'd heard of Brandy before and I'd heard some of her music and really loved it. But something about that moment, seeing her live and seeing her own a song that we'd grown up with, um, it just, I was so sold. So, you know what it is, they, they talk about some musicians or some voices. She, she's such a closer. When you hear her, you're just, you're done. You're like, all right, I get it. I know, Brandy Carlisle, she's God. And so um, when I, I wanted to have somebody I thought could really pull off the, the writing of that song and then really the singing of that song she was the first one that came to mind and it took a while. I mean, we bonded a little bit that night, but she's busy, you know, Brandy's got a lot going on. Um, but we went back and forth and we had phone conversations and we worked over email and, um, you know, and she wrote her parts and, and made sure that it felt good to her. Like it was, it was important to her that the, that her God not be a pushover, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and she really wanted the guy to, feel terror, which I don't know that I would have gone there. And it was just, I was so glad that she was a part of it. And obviously her voice is so big and cool. It really exceeded all my expectations. Yeah. I mean, talk about the perfect decision at the perfect time. Um, I I mean, I loved what you were saying there about, you know, not wanting another guy to be writing for a woman's parts. I mean, just, and, and then it just lines up. I mean, my wife was at the woman's march in DC and, and everything that's going on with that. And, and I saw that some of your guys were there too. And, uh, just, uh, it ends up being a perfect song, uh, for the perfect time, sort of, you know, by coincidence, I guess. I know. And we've, we've had, um, moments in our career where the opposite happened and, um, you know, tra- tragically, um, we had a song murder or a heart attack that came out uh, a week before Columbine. And, and I'm not, I'm certain, I mean, whatever me having a song that, that has a tough time at radio because of the climate of a culture is a, a 0.5 on the scale of things that are important. You know, if, if something like Columbine's on that scale, but just sometimes the timing of a song, um, you know, it just doesn't work with, with the culture or with the time. And it's happened to us quite a few times, and, and so it's funny that that the timing of this actually did work. Uh, I wish it wasn't the case. I have a daughter um, who's ten years old, and I, I, you know, whenever I think about her, I, I just, I get, I get really concerned about where we're at as a culture and as a people, and and I, I worry for her and for her future. But I do, uh, I do feel good about this song being sort of a funny little moment of empowerment in a time when women need everything they can get, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, for your daughter's sake, and, and I'm surrounded by uh, w- women, too, it's, you know, if, if nothing else, Saturday showed us that there are many, many, 
many big numbers of people that are, you know, sort of fighting the good fight for all of this. So that's optimistic in a time where it's hard to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Well, the plight of women's always been tough. It has. And I just, yeah. My problem was I kept, I, I kept thinking it was getting better. You know, I, I, whenever my wife would lament, you know, the historic plight of women and how bad it's been, I'd always say, yes, it's true, but you've got to admit that every year it's getting better. And, you know, this last year was the first time I thought, like, is it? <laughs> but uh, I do believe it is. And I, and I think that it's, it's, you know, despite sometimes great odds, but, you know, women have great agency. You know, they, they, they will move themselves forward with the help of, you know, I guess, you know, men like you and I that support them and, and, and believe in them as well. Yeah, that's true words. Well, Rhett, I'll let you go enjoy your snow day with the kids. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. All right, we'll see you in Louisville. Okay, bye. All right, bye.